welcome. You are listening to CGLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is Dominic Demeester. Week one of the preseason is in the books. Today, we will be covering the NFC. Pack your bags. We are off. Off to our first team, the Dallas Cowboys. With head coach Mike McCarthy. This year, a lot of pressure on Mike McCarthy. It's a make or break season. I think if the Cowboys do not make the playoffs this year, Mike McCarthy will be packing his bags and leaving Dallas. And at this point, you know, I know he's the head coach and he's the guy that is supposed to lead the way. He's been getting a lot of critiques since he's been hired. It seems like a lot of people think that this guy wasn't the right hire for the Dallas Cowboys, but we all know that this team has been really struggling ever since, you know, they lost maybe Tony Romo. Depends if you were a Tony Romo fan. I think that Troy Aikman by far for me in the past, you know, three decades, two decades was the best quarterback for this Dallas Cowboys team. And he hasn't been replaced. So that being said, Dak Prescott, you know, I've been hard on Dak Prescott for the past couple of years. This is not going to be any different of a year. I'm definitely going to be still on Dak all year round. Could he potentially do it this year? I think he can. I think that he just needs to get a lot of confidence early. If he can find that same connection with CD Lamb, potentially you can build off that. Michael Gallup might not be ready week one. But there are a few young players currently that are doing very well for this Dallas Cowboys team. One of them is Simi Fajiko. Yes, Simi Fajiko, kind of an unknown player coming into his second year. To me, this guy has potential to be a very deep, deep sleeper pick for the Dallas Cowboys. I honestly think that there's a chance that he could, you know, be a factor this season, but we'll have to wait and see. The other guy is Jalen Tolbert. He, to me, has been making massive strides as a rookie, taking full advantage of James Washington's injury and uh, capitalizing for the playing time, right? It's all about if someone's injured, the next man up. Seems to me like Jalen Tolbert could be the guy as the right receiver number two as of week one for the Dallas Cowboys. So, Those two receivers, you know, they have to create a rapport with Dak Prescott early and quick for this season. And if it's not there, then all the pressure is going to be on Ezekiel Elliott. And Elliott just hasn't been really healthy as of late. Is this the year that we're going to see Elliott again banged up? Or is it going to be the year that we're going to see Elliott really shine as the guy that, you know, we saw this guy out of the draft, him and Derrick Henry. These guys were beast. And Ezekiel Elliott had the upper hand in the last couple of years. Unfortunately, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has taken a step back and Tony Pollard has been waiting for the opportunity to be the go-to guy in Dallas. I just can't see Tony Pollard taking over the running back position. I still have a lot of faith in Ezekiel Elliott. I think maybe it's a question of maturity I don't know all the ins and outs with regards to the, you know, the locker room. Sometimes there could be people complaining for playing time because I know Elliot is a three down back. And anytime you put in Tony Pollard in there, I think that 
it takes a bit out of Elliott's abilities to set up some runs. He needs at least 20 carries per game. So keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on whether or not Ezekiel Elliott can get 20 carries a game. If that's the case, I think this team's going to be fine. It'll set up Dak Prescott as being a you know the number two on this football team. The number one on this football team, clearly I would say, is Ezekiel Elliott. The number two is Dak Prescott in terms of players that you need to depend on. But we'll have to wait and see whether those Dallas Cowboys are going to be able to take this division because there's going to be a few potential surprises in this division. And I was a huge fan coming in about those New York Giants. Yes, the New York Giants bringing in Mike Dable. I've been singing the Giants praise all offseason, but boy, did they ever hit a wall right off the gate in the preseason. I'm not liking what I'm reading. I think Daniel Jones, I was hoping Daniel Jones was going to be a guy that no one saw coming this year. But however, it doesn't seem like the offense is clicking right off the bat. I know it's preseason. You can only take whatever you want to take out of it in the preseason in week one. But I'm not liking what I'm reading. I think Brian Dable's offense might not suit Daniel Jones' abilities. And if that's the case, there's going to be a quick hook. Expect Tyrod Taylor by week five. If Daniel Jones does not have a winning record, Tyrod Taylor will be the quarterback moving forward for the Giants. All in. Daniel Jones, you're all in this year. And we have to see what you can do. Granted, some people already have thrown the towel on Daniel Jones. I was one of those guys, maybe early in his career, I was just hoping for the guy that with Brian Diebel coming in, we were going to see some fireworks with the receiving core that I really like in Kendarius Tony and the drafted Wendell Robinson, who I'm a huge fan of. And I think big things could happen for those Giants if they get those guys as the key guys in this offense with obviously Saquon Barkley. But Daniel Jones is the guy behind center. So until he's there, none of these guys really will have a great season. And early on, yes, I'm going to have to take a step back and think that if Daniel Jones can't put it together, the New York Giants, unfortunately, are going nowhere this year. Moving on in the division, the biggest mystery to me is the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't get a read on this Eagles team, and it obviously starts off with their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I'm not a fan of Jalen Hurts. I think that this guy's been put in there, and Nick Sirianni is going to have to do some magic with Jalen Hurts. Preseason week one, you know, he went six for six. He did pretty good. But if I were in charge of this franchise, I wouldn't start Jalen Hurts. I would put Garner Minshew. Yes, good old Gardner Minshew with the stash and all. He'd be my quarterback. Maybe we'll see this guy stepping in in the season at one point. But right now it's Jalen Hurts' team. They added A.J. Brown. He's been a monster in preseason. He's the go-to guy for Jalen Hurts, which is very perplexing because Devontae Smith, I think, is the guy for this offense. Bar none, I, I think Devontae Smith is a better wide receiver than A.J. Brown. How can I say that when the kid's only entering in his second year and A.J. Brown has shown to be a beast in the NFL? I just, 
I think he's got it all, Devontae Smith. Maybe he could add an extra 15 pounds of muscle to his frame. That's the only downside. But this guy's the real deal. A.J. Brown coming in. I just hope these guys can work alongside each other and there's not a you know locker room battle with who's going to get more receptions a game. We'll have to see what happens there. And it starts with Jalen Hurts. We'll see who he likes more, Devontae Smith this year or A.J. Brown. But I think early on, this team is a very hard team to evaluate. But I'm going to say it's going to be the chemistry with this team. If they can get chemistry early, yes, the Eagles have a chance. Miles Sanders is a very underrated running back. They seem to be propping up a lot of Kenneth Gainwell in this running back rotation. But I'm still leaning on Miles Sanders. If Miles Sanders can do it, take off a bit of pressure on Jalen Hurts, there could be some upside here in Philadelphia, and they could challenge for the division. Finally, let's talk about the last team in this division, the Washington Commanders. Now, the Commanders have had a lot of bad press, and until they get this monkey off their back, I don't think the Washington Commanders, I mean, this is from like the owner all the way down to the head coach, all these guys need to leave this franchise. If this, if they don't do it this year, I mean, when I say the owner leave this franchise, he's been in all sorts of stories that are not even football related. And when you have an owner, you know, kind of like leading the way in a bad way, it seems to trickle down in this entire franchise. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the commanders are a good football team because they're not. I mean, when your quarterback is Carson Wentz, this guy's been bouncing from franchise to franchise. Now he's ending up in Washington. I don't like it. They do have two good receivers in Terry McLaren, and they drafted a good one in Johan Dotson. We're going to have to hang our hat on those two guys. Antonio Gibbons, as much as I like this guy, he just can't keep the football off the ground. He's fumbleitis. The ball keeps on falling out of his hands. And that's a no-no in the NFL. If you fumble more than three times in like the first six games of the season, they're going to start looking at other guys that can protect the ball. One guy, keep an eye on Brian Robinson. I've talked this guy up in the preseason and he's already played one preseason game and he did a really good job. And to me, I think that this would be the number one running back moving forward for this franchise. Again, as much as I love Antonio Gibson, but in the NFL, if you can't protect the football, you're gone. So make sure you watch your back, Antonio, because Brian Robinson is right behind you. A really dark horse pick here. He's the third quarterback in this um, quarterback stable is Sam Howell. Sam Howell, I watched him in college football. I thought he was a very underrated quarterback. I thought he had a lot of zip behind the ball. And he ended up in Washington, which... Could be a great landing spot, but he still has Taylor Heineke to compete with. So the way that I see it, I don't see Sam Howell jumping over Taylor Heineke. As a matter of fact, I would rather him sitting the entire season and then maybe becoming the Washington Commanders QB next year. That to me is an opportunity for him to shine a fresh start, a good year, knowing the playbook and then competing against Taylor Heineke. I'm only giving the Carson Wentz project one year, if not almost six to eight weeks. If this guy doesn't start on fire, forget about it. Forget about this entire franchise. 
Forget about Rivera. Forget about Del Rio. These guys, you know, I had a lot of faith in years past, but they haven't been able to do it. And they have a lot of experience. So if they haven't figured it out by now, they're never going to figure it out. So you might as well jump off that Washington Commanders bandwagon and go hitch it on someone else's because these guys are really, in my opinion, overdue to produce. This is the year for the Commanders. They're all in on Carson Wentz, which is good luck, buddy. I don't see it happening whatsoever. Probably dead last in the division at this rate. I have no hopes in the Commanders. Maybe you guys out there have some hope. Let's move on to the NFC North with the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have head coach Matt Eberfluss. Don't know what to expect with this guy, but he does have an interesting prospect to work with, with Justin Fields. Justin Fields, unfortunately for him, will be under siege all year round. I think that the guy was not surrounded by any great players, and it's going to be the Justin Fields show for the entire season. Granted, it could be really good if you pick him up in fantasy football, because if you like statistics, he's going to be running. He's going to be passing. He just needs to find a guy to really connect with. And that guy might be Darnell Mooney, kind of guy that I would have never thought would be this outstanding wide receiver at 5'11", 173 pounds. This is not your prototype wide receiver. However, there seems to be this amazing rapport between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney late last season. And I believe that it's already carrying over in the preseason. So why not would it carry over this year in the season as well? One guy that I liked that they picked up was Enkeel Harry. Unfortunately, the guy's an ice pack. As much as you might like him being six foot four, 225 pounds, you're just never on the field. You were injured in New England all the time. Now you thought, hey, look, I'm going to go play in Chicago. I'm going to go play with Justin Fields. Maybe I could be the number two receiver. How about you're going to be the number seven to number eight receiver? If you're not healthy, you're not playing, you almost don't even belong on this football team at this point. Chicago is going to have to move forward with Byron Pringle as their number two wide receiver from Kansas City. He had Mahomes making him look really good last year. Can Justin Fields do it? Ugh, I'm going to say no on that one. I'm going to say Darnell Mooney is this offense. I tight in, you do have Cole Kemet, but I've never been a big fan of Cole Kemet. And yeah, he has the odd game here and there that he can kind of like play very well, but it's never consistent. If he can be consistent, maybe there's a chance, but I doubt it. And at the running back position, David Montgomery was supposed to be this great running back. He hasn't shown it to me. I personally like Khalil Herbert, a younger, smaller running back, five foot nine, 212 pounds. He has a lot of balance. In other words, a low center of gravity that really helps him with his frame. So to me, I could see this guy being an all-star if he was used properly, but they're not utilizing him properly. At least they weren't last year. David Montgomery was the guy all last year. He had a couple of games where he was injured and we saw Khalil Herbert coming in. If I had this team, Khalil Herbert would be my starting running back and I would try to do some magic with Justin Fields 
and Herbert, but I'm not the head coach. And maybe, maybe Matt Eberfluss has something that no one sees coming, but I'm not buying it. The Bears smell like a team that's going to be dead last in this division. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions. We've tucked up the Detroit Lions all off season because here at the Power Hour, me and William, we think that Dan Campbell is going to be a really good coach. As a matter of fact, he already is a pretty good coach. It's just his record hasn't shown it. He has in this team a few players that they picked up in the draft that hopefully will be able to produce this season. One guy was Jamison Williams. To me, watching his game tape, I thought he was the number one ride receiver in this draft that we just had. And I think that that being said, there are already some big gems producing in the preseason. I can't wait to see what Jamison Williams will be able to do. Unfortunately for him, he's still rehabbing his injury. And I don't know at what point or another we're going to see him this year. But obviously for Detroit, the sooner he's on the field, I'm sure the sooner that he'll be able to produce. They did pick up one big gem that I liked from the Jacksonville Jaguars, which was DJ Chark. DJ Chark, a huge receiver, measuring six foot four, 205 pounds, great off the play action. Expect the Lions to run a lot this year and to throw the play action. And when that happens, DJ Chark will be the guy to gobble him up. I think that Amon Ray St. Brown came in last year and did a phenomenal job, but he's more of a slot receiver. I would see him getting a lot of receptions. But the touchdown guy for this team in the red zone will be DJ Chark. Remember the name this season. I think he will be phenomenal. I also think TJ Hawkerson is an underrated tight end, and he could obviously help this franchise for the next decade. That's how good this guy is. I don't see him leaving whatsoever. And I really have high hopes for Panay Sewell to really come into his own this year as a right tackle to help that running game. I was high on him last year in last year's draft. I didn't expect him to be a a right tackle. I thought he was going to come here as a left tackle, but it's been very hard to unseed Taylor Decker. He's Detroit's left tackle. Hey, if it works for them and they get the W's, why not? But I want to see Panay Sewell really lead this running game, and it starts with DeAndre Swift. Now, last year, they brought in Jamal Williams to spell DeAndre Swift. But these are completely two different running backs. Jamal Williams is more of the goal line back. And DeAndre Swift, I would see him as a three down back. But I'm guessing on third down, they need a better pass protector. And that's why you see DeAndre Swift, you know, not really playing a lot of third downs. Maybe this year is different. He would need to be really, really amazing to be able to block because Jared Goff needs time. And if you can't block well as a running back, Jared Goff, he just can't handle the pressure. And if he can't handle the pressure, good luck finding DJ Chark. Good luck finding TJ Hawkerson because the guy's going to be on his ass play after play, play after play. So we need to have a great running back that can be able to play all three downs. And I'm not sure if Detroit has it yet. It could be their Achilles heel this season. If DeAndre Swift isn't 100%, expect the Detroit Lions not to make the playoffs because their inability to protect Jared Goff. Moving on in the division, we have the Green Bay Packers. 
This to me was since what three years now we have the Green Bay Packers trying to figure out who's going to be the, the main new rider receiver that we're going to be able to groom. Unfortunately for them, they didn't have an opportunity to do that and they let Devontae Adams go. Now this year, they finally drafted two wide receivers. One of them just happens to be panning out and hopefully for those Packers fans, he better become a gem. And that is Romeo Dobbs. This guy, a lot of people didn't see coming. Six foot two, 204 pounds. I think he will be probably the number one right receiver early on in this NFL season for the Green Bay Packers. Can he sustain it? I'm not sure because there's going to be a lot of guys trying to get the football and demanding some targets. One of them clearly is Sammy Watkins. Randall Cobb, we all know he has already a rapport with Aaron Rodgers. But the guy that I think probably in the later stage of the season that's going to take the NFL by storm will be Christian Watson. I wasn't big on Christian Watson out of the draft. I thought that, nah, you know, we'll see where this guy ends up. But the more that I watch game tape, the more that I'm falling in love with this guy. Unfortunately, he's rehabbing an injury and he probably might not be ready for the beginning of the season. I know that they took him off, you know, the PUP list, but I honestly think it's going to take, it's going to take some time to get a good rapport going with Aaron Rodgers and, Aaron, I think that at the end of the day, you're just going to have to be lights out all year and you're going to have to put the ball where you, you normally put it, but you tend to be all about your mechanics. You tend to be all about whipping the ball and blaming it on your receivers. You're going to have to be patient this year, Aaron Rodgers. If you're patient and if you rely on Aaron Jones, the Green Bay Packers could be there come playoff time. But I'm going to agree with William. William had said early on in the offseason that the Green Bay Packers would probably not make the playoffs. I thought that was a bold take, but he might be on to something here. If Aaron Rodgers cannot create a rapport with his receivers, I think that you could just key on Aaron Jones and stop the run, put the pressure on Rodgers, and eventually win more games than, than lose against the Green Bay Packers. Because if this team becomes one-dimensional and these receivers don't pan out whatsoever, it's going to be... A long season for Aaron Rodgers, and I believe that defensive coordinators are going to be able to figure him out. It's kind of a bold statement, but I really am I'm piggybacking on Williams' bold take. And I do think that the Green Bay Packers this year have a lot of pressure, and they should take this division, you know, convincingly. But I think that a team like maybe Detroit, or or maybe the next team that we're going to cover, the Minnesota Vikings, can take this division. Speaking of those Vikings, let's cover them now. New head coach Kevin O'Connell is opening up this offense galore. Expect an air raid out of Minnesota. I'm not sure what to think about this strategy because I think this should be a run-first offense, specifically when you have Dalvin Cook, which is, in my mind, top five running back in the NFL. Why are you opening it up? You're opening it up because you believe in your receivers. Justin Jefferson wants to be the best receiver in the NFL. He has a lot of competition, but the kid's got a lot of gumption and he's a great receiver. So if he could do it, I trust them. Justin Jefferson, you might at the end of the day, lead all rider receivers in yardage. If Kevin O'Connell gets his wish and they pass almost every down, he's got a great wingman in 
Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen gets he gets some love some years, but he's not a, a healthy receiver. He's kind of an ice pack as well. So I can understand how Justin Jefferson might become the number one, if not already is the number one ride receiver on this football team. And Adam Thielen just needs to be a great wingman and support this offense. A young ride receiver that I'm going to say here, KJ Osborne, entering year two, 5'11", 203 pounds, might be the key that opens up this offense. To me, it's between him and Irv Smith. One of those two guys has to elevate their game to really give Justin Jefferson the opportunity to be a megastar. So if you're going to start keying three guys on Jefferson, yes, you have Thielen, but you just need another receiver to take some pressure off. And KJ Osborne has been flashing some great skills in preseason. So that could be the guy. Irv Smith Jr., on the other hand, he's been also an ice pack, has a problem staying healthy. And I'll have to wait and see to comment on him. After five games, we should find out whether or not Irv Smith is the real deal. A lot of people think he is. I'm going to have to say I'm going to put the brakes on this team and say, let's see what Kevin O'Connell can put together in terms of his scheme, his offensive scheme. If he's got an air raid coming, look out everybody in the NFC North because the Minnesota Vikings are coming. It's just Kirk Cousins, the guy that's going to be coming after them. and. Ah, we all know what I think about Kirk Cousins, which is a, a quarterback that's not consistent. And I just don't know what to expect from Kirk Cousins on a weekly basis. He can have an amazing week, 350 yards, four touchdowns, and he can have a disaster week, 125 yards, three picks and one touchdown. Flip a coin, see what you get with Kirk Cousins. But the Minnesota Vikings are the real deal. It'll be whether or not Kirk Cousins could lead this football team. Let's move on to another division. We are jumping through the NFC South, and we're starting with the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, the Falcons with head coach Arthur Smith. Can they put it together this season so quickly and shock the NFL? I'm going to say no. And it's starting to be real. They're starting off the wrong foot is what I'm trying to say with those Atlanta Falcons losing Drake London to an injury week one of the preseason. They're down playing the injury, but if Drake London is not playing on this offense this year, forget about it. You already have Calvin Ridley being caught gambling out for the entire year. They really need a guy like Drake London. They invested their first round draft pick on a wide receiver. Drake London, you need to be healthy. You need to be out there and you need to be starting to develop a rapport with Marcus Mariota. Because if you're not, to me, this team's going nowhere. It's going to be a huge drop off between Matt Ryan and Marcus Mariota. I don't know what Arthur Smith's doing with this offense, but it's going to be bizarre. They did draft Desmond Ryder, so you can clearly see the direction this, this team is going. They want to play the new style of NFL where you have a hybrid quarterback running left, running right, throwing the ball, doing it all. They think that Desmond Ryder could be that guy. 
I'm not a fan of Desmond Ryder. I'm not a fan of Marcus Mariota. And this team's going absolutely nowhere, not having Drake London. A weird player is Brian Edwards coming out of Vegas. Ride receiver that always explodes in preseason. Everyone always has high hopes for Brian Edwards. And what does he do? He just tanks and tanks hard. Corderell Patterson. Wow, did we ever not see this coming last year? Corderell Patterson was a gem that when you see a veteran thrive in this day and age in the NFL, you're saying to yourself, wow, finally somebody was able to put it together late in his career. Corderell Patterson is that guy. I'd love to see him thrive in this offense and continue to be the number one running back, but he's going to have some competition this year. And that guy is named Tyler Algiar. To me, this is your offense. I would run Tyler Algiar all year round, and he would be my number one running back because this guy's a three down back, in my personal opinion. He's got the stature, five foot 11, 220 pounds. He could be a beast at the goal line with that weight. I just don't think that Corderell Patterson is going to be able to bring a new kind of gear to this offense. I think you need fresh blood. You need a fresh legs. And why not Tyler Algiar to lead this offense and hopefully produce some damage in the NFC South. Moving on in this division, we will cover the Carolina Panthers. Now, Carolina came into the season thinking, okay, we got our guy. We got our quarterback. Oh, wait a minute. We don't have a quarterback. We thought we had Sam Darnold. So we drafted Matt Corral as being a kind of like, you know, backup quarterback in case something went wrong. But right off the bat, everything went wrong in Carolina. They knew they had nothing in Sam Darnold. They rolled the dice. They were probably hoping on picking up somebody here and there. But the guy that they got at the end of the day is Baker Mayfield. Whether or not they had plan on going with Baker Mayfield, it doesn't matter. Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback, in my personal opinion, week one of the NFL season for the Carolina Panthers. And I thought last year this team had the best draft. So they have some really great components built in this offense and in this defense. And it'll be up to Baker Mayfield to walk in and hopefully fit like a glove and make these guys become stars. I'm looking at you, DJ Moore. You really impressed me last year. I mean, Carolina's known to have smaller receivers and guys that have big hearts like Steve Smith. DJ Moore, I think you might be the number one ride receiver on this team when it's all said and done at the end of the season. Only six foot, 210 pounds, but this guy seems to be a baller. If you're looking for a red zone receiver, I was big on Terrace Marshall Jr., but he kind of had a really down year last year. So I don't know what to expect. If Baker Mayfield has chemistry with Marshall, wow, this could be an amazing red zone receiver out of LSU. I think that with DJ Moore and him, yeah, you can start building. Ian Thomas is a very underrated tight end, but he's a great blocking tight end and they're going to need it. They're going to need a blocking tight end. You have two of them, as a matter of fact, you have Tommy Trimble and now Ian Thomas together. I think Christian McCaffrey will go off this year. I think Christian McCaffrey plays the entire season, does not get hurt. Yes, you heard me correctly. 
Christian McCaffrey will not get hurt and is going to play the entire season because this guy is, to me, top three running back in the NFL. I love Derrick Henry, but if, if Christian McCaffrey was just a bit bigger, he'd be my number one. But he's just an outstanding player. I hope for him this year he plays the entire season. Something tells me that this guy will. So if you're looking for a great fantasy pickup, you will not go wrong with Christian McCaffrey. He catches, he runs, he does it all. Baker Mayfield, all you got to do is hand it off. Moving on in this division, we got ourselves the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now the Buccaneers, you picked up Tom Brady. You won a Super Bowl. Last year, you almost made one of the greatest comebacks against the Rams. You came up short. You could have won a Super Bowl. This year, a whole different ball game. You lost your center, Ryan Jansen. You're one more year older, Tom Brady, but you're trying to again finagle your way in this mysterious offense that Tampa Bay is putting together. And it starts with the pickup of Julio Jones. Boy, I watched Julio last year. I said, this guy's done. Tennessee, you know, you had a, an opportunity there to make him in your number two. You kind of did, but Julio was hurt half the year and you just didn't produce Julio. You could be a Hall of Famer, but last year you stank. And you stank and it just didn't smell good. Mike Evans is the number one guy, in my personal opinion, in this football team. However, he doesn't have a great rapport with Tom Brady. Hence why Tom Brady loves to go to Godwin. And now Russell Gage is probably going to be the new Antonio Brown. So there's a lot of mouths to feed between Russell Gage, Godwin, which we'll have to see when he comes back from his injury because it's a big knee injury that he has to rehab. So he might not be there week one. And Julio, Julio is the prize. Is, is Julio done? We're going to find out quick because if Tom Brady's throwing you the ball, this guy's not Ryan Tannehill. So we're going to have to see Julio play at his prime. And if I'm Julio, I want that Super Bowl. I want to win. And why not win one with Tom Brady? Off to New Orleans with the New Orleans Saints. Coach Dennis Allen is here. And his starting quarterback is Jameis Winston. Yes, Jameis Winston is going to get another crack at it. And backup quarterback Andy Dalton. You know, let's just hope we don't see Andy all year and Jameis can somehow finally put it together. You know, I, I've been really, really harsh on Winston. And I think that I'm harsh on him just because I think he plays the position very bizarrely. He just likes to chuck it up and hope that his receivers do, do all the work, basically, and make him look good. He's got a great receiver core this year. So we'll have to see whether or not he could put it together. We'll see what these guys can do together. But Jameis, you got three good receivers. Now it's time to put it together. And you have Alvin Kamara, whose suspension, by the way, might not even be in 2022. It might be only in 2023. So imagine that. Off to the NFC West and the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, the Cardinals are coming back. <laughs> it's not like they're going anywhere. Cliff Kingsbury is their head coach. What can we expect this year? Well, we can expect Kyle Murray to be a lot more happier seeing that he got himself a massive contract. No more excuses. What we don't want to see is Kyle Murray play the way that he played in the playoffs last year because that was a stinker. 
And boy, Kyler, I expect a guy that has a winning pedigree like you to take this team to the promised land. And let's see where this begins. It begins with having his best friend, Marquise Brown, added to this roster. Yes, Marquise Brown out of Baltimore has ended up in Arizona. And if it could be very similar to what we saw with the Jamar Chase so and Joel Burrow, I think that this could be a match made in heaven. Now, that is obviously the ceiling. Where are these two going to end up will probably be in between. I think Marquise Brown is a talented wide receiver, but he's more of a slot receiver. I don't see him being an all-around Jamar Chase, which is basically burning people and playing phenomenal in the red zone. So I think Marquise Brown is a great receiver out of the slot. And I'll leave it at that. Who has a lot of pressure this year is A.J. Green. Yes, with DeAndre Hopkins missing the first six games of the season, A.J. Green is going to have to drink from the fountain of youth and find his abilities that brought him to Arizona, which were, you look at his statistics, it's basically Hall of Fame statistics. He just is lacking a Super Bowl. And I think Arizona happens to be an area with the weather and all that it could happen. Cliff Kingsbury, I've been 50-50 on Cliff Kingsbury. I think that he's got a good offensive playbook, but it's very college-like. In other words, we're going to see a lot of four-wide receiver sets. This year, Randall Moore and Andy Isabella are going to have to be a lot better than they've been in the years past because without DeAndre Hopkins, there is no room for any mistakes off the gate. In this division, everyone's competitive. And if you lose two, three games right off the bat and you're 0-3, I don't see you, Arizona, coming out of that hole. So, Kyle Murray, who is it going to be? Is it going to be A.J. Green? Is it going to be Andy Isabella? Or maybe even Rondell Moore? I'm going to say A.J. Green drinks from the fountain of youth, produces just enough to keep this team competitive for DeAndre Hopkins to come in and to take over this entire team. Yes, Zach Ertz is there, and I think Zach Ertz is a phenomenal tight end, but you need a guy that is a superstar. And DeAndre Hopkins has been a superstar. He's just been all, he's got all these issues that are very distracting. I don't know what it is with, with these ride receivers. I don't know if it was the example of Michael Irvin back in the day with Deion Sanders that set the tone of these party animals that like to do what they want. They're getting paid. They live the high life. Jondre Hopkins reminds me of one of those guys. Reminds me of a guy just oozing with talent. And why can't you be on the football team and just be, you know, just, just walk the straight line, Jondre. That's all I'm asking. Walk the straight line. Stop turning left. Stop turning right. The straight line is to the Super Bowl. And all you got to do is walk it. He will walk it this year. Yes, I predicted early in the offseason that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a very strong team. I like the fact you have J.J. Watt up there. If he could stay healthy, this defense, you know, could surprise a lot of people because Isaiah Simmons, keep an eye on this guy. He will be a huge factor in this defense with Isaiah Simmons and J.J. Watt playing a complementary role rather than being the main cog. This defense could be very strong and could support this offense 
And that's what I expect out of this Arizona Cardinals team this year. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers, a team that can win the entire Super Bowl. Yes, I'm going to say this team could win the Super Bowl only if, and that's a big only if, Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback, Jimmy G. But what happened? Jimmy G is almost out the door because the entire offense has been changed to cater to Trey Lance. This will be the downfall of the San Francisco 49er this year. Trey Lance is not a great quarterback. And they're going to find this out really darn quick. If I was head management up in San Francisco, there's no way that I'm trading Jimmy Garoppolo because he knows this team. He's a great game manager, and he's always knocking at the door come playoff time. He's got a great record, a winning record, but yet I, myself included, I'm really harsh on Jimmy because it's just never consistent. Who can lead this team if it's not Jimmy? And Trey Lance, we're going to see him struggle and struggle early. Could Debo Samuel be happy and stay strong in this offense like he was last year? Will Brennan Ayuk be Trey Lance's kind of like magical weapon that I've been hearing a lot about in preseason? You're going to need somebody to lead this football team because at the running back position, whether it's Eliza Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, or Trey Sermon, I have no clue who it's going to be. And I bet you Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a clue because Kyle Shanahan runs with every single person on this roster. Next thing you know, you're going to have the punter running as a running back. It's, it's ridiculous. Kyle Shanahan is a good coach. I won't say that he's not a good coach. He's a good coach but he gets in his own way. He thinks that he can do it all and put all these weird plays together because he's a really smart guy when it comes to his offensive schemes, but he is gaining in his own way. And unfortunately, when you don't have a quarterback, you're done. And Trey Lance is not a great quarterback. He's going to find that out quick. He's going to have to take a step back. And whether or not those step backs that he's going to have to take and bring back, hopefully for him, Jimmy Garoppolo, then San Francisco might fight for a playoff spot. But as we speak today, San Francisco will not make the playoffs. This defense might be the best defense in the NFL. They are physical. And I know maybe with the new NFL rules, maybe that might not translate well for them. And they might be penalized a lot this season. But boy, are they vicious. I would not like to be a quarterback in this division because this defense will destroy whatever quarterback is on the opposite end of the field. Speaking of quarterbacks that are going to be running for their lives, how about those Seattle Seahawks? Oh, baby. I watched this preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, Pete Carroll did what he did. He kept, he kept this team alive. Somehow they were competing, but I did not like what I saw with Geno Smith and Drew Locke. It's just a matter of time before this guy starts tanking at one point during the season. Yes, he did not that bad this last preseason game, but I don't, I don't think that these quarterbacks are the answer. And maybe Seattle's tanking on purpose, and we're going to have to see what Pete Carroll can muster, whether it's a almost 500 season. He's obviously going to try to make the playoffs. Could he make the playoffs? Yeah, he could, because it's Pete Carroll. He knows what he's doing. 
But boy, they will be running for their lives at least twice this season against the San Francisco 49ers. I don't see them winning any of those games. I see Seattle having a lot of difficulties this season after what I saw in the first preseason game. Yes, it's just preseason, but you do know, you do see the mannerisms, the abilities of a quarterback right off the bat. And I didn't like what I saw with Geno Smith nor Drew Locke. Moving on in this division, we have ourselves the Los Angeles Rams. Yes, the Rams, the Super Bowl winners. I'm not going to cover this team too much. I think this team's just missing right now. Odell Beckham to go sign with this football team. It's just a matter of time before that happens, in my personal opinion. I'm not sold on Matthew Stafford. I think that his injury is lingering. He's got this weird I believe it's an elbow injury. And you had Sean McVay saying, oh, I really hope that it's not as bad as what it might be. After a couple hits in the NFL, man, Matthew Stafford, ooh, baby, you better have a good backup quarterback because I have a feeling you're going to be missing a few games this season. Whether or not Sean McVay can ride the ship with whoever is going to be backup, whether it's John Wolford, which I don't have a lot to say about that guy, or Bryce Perkins, whoever it is, if they can maybe stay 500, this football team is competitive. They won the Super Bowl. They could do it again at any given day when you got yourself on the other end of the football, Aaron Darnold and Jalen Ramsey, who are going to be Hall of Famers, and they added Bobby Wagner. So that's it I'm going to say about the Rams. I think that they have a chance. I think they might be competitive, but... It will all depend on the health of Matthew Stafford and how many games that he will miss this season. So that's it for all the divisions in the NFC. But I said I was going to break down to you where I believe every team, as we sit here today, after week one of the preseason, where I see these teams slotting in their division. Let's start off with the NFC East. I do believe now that the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this division. I think the Eagles will come in at number two. The Giants, unfortunately, Daniel Jones is really starting bad. I'm going to say number three. And the Washington Commanders fire everybody in terms of head coach, player personnel, ownership, scouts, fire them all. This team, I do not trust at all. They're way distracted with all the off-season issues that have been coming out of Washington. I don't see that changing, especially when Carson Wentz is your quarterback. In the NFC North, let's keep it simple. I'm sticking with the Detroit Lions. That sounded simple. Bet you didn't see that one coming. The Vikings at number two, the Packers at number three, and the Bears dead last. Yes, I'm going to say that the Detroit Lions, as we sit here today, to me, the way that DJ Chark is playing, I think he could be a star in the NFL. He should have never left Jacksonville. And if Jamison Williams could line up beside him, I'm on Ray Sand Brown, could be the slot receiver, and DeAndre Swift could play very well. This could be the shocker of the NFC, the Detroit Lions winning the division on their way to the playoffs where they haven't been in a long time. The NFC South, let's be honest, until the GOAT, 
is dethroned. I have to stick with Tampa Bay as my number one, the Saints as my number two, the Panthers as number three, and the Falcons dead last. And then the NFC West, this is a tough one. But I'm sticking with the Arizona Cardinals as we sit here today. I don't know why this, this division just seems that having either it's injuries at quarterback or the quarterback just suck in San Francisco and Seattle. I don't think they have enough time and wiggle room to figure it out. And the Rams with this elbow story that I'm hearing about Matt Stafford, that scares the daylights out of me. Yes, the Arizona Cardinals are going to start off strong. AJ Green will drink from the fountain of youth. And DeAndre Hopkins will walk the line all the way to the playoffs. You are listening to CJLO 6090 AM in Montreal. My name is Dominic Demeester. See you next week.